0: Everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny podcast. This is your co-host, Steven Spector, And with me, as required, I'm going to use that word, Rob, is uh, Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, good morning, Rob.
1: I didn't realize this was mandatory podcast confinement. I'm in quarantine mandatory. for podcasts. <laughs> and and this is a rarity. It's a
0: Saturday morning. We're not working to record a podcast so far. Listeners know we've now moved to six day a week possibilities of uh, <laughs> getting your podcast. That's how devoted we are. And um, and we are back <laughs> on, on we had...
1: Saturday. We're recording on Saturday.
0: Yeah, we do release on Saturday. So we re- we're recording on Saturday. So the new State of the Edge 2020 report has come out. So of course, you know, we like to look at those reports and talk about it a bit and go through it, which we will. But also one of the things uh, we want to talk about is uh, what happened in the Mobile World Congress. I thought
1: Robin would start with that a little bit. That that makes sense. uh, But really what didn't happen, I think, is the… Yeah.
0: Well, it's quite interesting. You know, I went last year, and uh, it was the first time I have been to an event. Um, I've been to events at Barcelona before. I know a lot of people have. The facility is absolutely enormous, but all the events I've been to before, we would use one or two of those buildings, but it is quite something to see when every building there is filled and you have 115,000 people. And it's just enormous. And I understand why they canceled it. And what I thought was interesting is, I don't know if you saw two weeks ago, um, when they weren't canceling it and companies were starting to question it and slowly pulling out, one of the things was, is they were going to mandate no one could shake hands. And I thought that was, if you're doing
1: that, you probably should have canceled it before you released that statement. That's that's probably the... You're right. At at some point, and and just so uh, you and I are are steeped in this, so everybody knows, right? We're we're in the middle of the uh, novel coronavirus uh, 2019, uh, and uh, the company started pulling out of Mobile World Congress, which is the event. Uh, Stephen's right; it's 100,000 plus people, Um, and somebody was telling me, I think it was you, seventy percent of. Uh, some of these companies, businesses, the deals are closed at that event. So it's a significant thing to consider when you look at um, what what the impact is going to be.
0: Well, I think, you know, I can tell you from my experience last year, and if, you, and if you've been to Barcelona, you know the halls, Huawei took an entire building. And just the entranceway, and you can't get into these booths, it's not like a typical... Trade show where you walk around and there's booths, uh, the big
1: companies, uh, Ericsson, which you know so I was at last year. Ericsson actually has like a full cafe with chefs in it. In the in and they booth. did in
0: the back, but you can't get in unless you're on a list. So Huawei's entrance, I just remember last year, you couldn't get into Huawei, but the entrance to where they were was half of one of those buildings. The amount of money spent um, is incredible. I, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. Being spent, and I remember um, Erickson was interesting. All the major uh, executives from like AT and T, Verizon, all the big telco companies, their CEOs would come through one by one with entourages. It's quite funny. People used. To, I remember rappers used mm-hmm. to have entourages. I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of a it's dead older. thing. They still have their entourage. Well, the, when you see a CEO of AT&T, he doesn't walk alone or, or she, they have a whole entourage around with them. And as my understanding is they walk around, they see all the new stuff, they sit down and then lots of contracts and, and, you know, sales deals are closed. And it's in one place where a company, I'll use Eric's example. We can have all the major executives from all the top companies we sell to come through in one week and make agreements, shake hands and sign paper. This is a huge amount of money, and I am not smart enough in the stock market. But I'm sure people figured that this was going to close and shorted a bunch of telecom stocks. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that yeah. this canceling event will cause uh, earnings to drop in telecom.
1: It's an it int- it it's an interesting to- cake in market because right when we when we talk about the impacts of closing borders, right, I usually think about supply chains being disrupted, but. Not having, you know, the the contracts being signed is as disruptive, or potentially even more disruptive, be of in the long term plan of a five G rollout. This could delay five G rollout um, by a significant amount, which has huge ripple effects um, through the global economy uh, as yeah. as five G gets slowed down or, or new telecom plans get slowed down. It also, at the same time, right, the U.S. government just made all sorts of uh, accusations against Huawei, and there's a whole bunch of uh, turmoil in the market about who's going to supply what what pieces. So it's a lot of
0: turmoil. Yeah, and then and then having this event canceled on top of it is pretty big. But it was, it's just interesting. My, my comment on the 5G is, is quite interesting. Um, I don't know. Maybe I get arrested, but I guess not. But the idea that the American government is pushing that we can't put Huawei equipment in because the, everyone will spy on you. The idea that the American government hasn't had stuff and Cisco routers and everyone else's gear is, is absurd. And last week, I don't know if anyone noticed uh anthony barr the attorney general said that uh america and its allies i love that one americans allies sweden and finland need to take a substantial stake in ericsson to protect 5g gear from china i don't know if you saw that or not
1: i i didn't although i'm not surprised it's, uh and then the
0: ceo that's... of at and came out and this is on the news you can search the ceo of at and came out and said this is an awful idea and, and and just uh it's quite interesting because um Ericsson just got a multi a billion dollar fine from the US government for uh activities and I think it was like from 2010, 2015 or something, where Ericsson salespeople in China and the Middle East were doing all sorts of bribing and stuff to get deals done. And it was a billion dollar fine which was enormous. And I thought to myself, well, you know, our government's working really well. If you're going to ask Erickson to to do special favors for U.S., maybe you shouldn't have sent them a billion dollar bill.
1: And, oh uh, I'd say, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to not a coordinated response from that perspective. Although that in some ways makes me feel makes me feel better. So this is this could actually be its own topic, its own show, and maybe we can uh, find you know, a, I don't want to go there. I, everything but I said is public. Is challenge. So. so no, this is something people should be thinking about. I mean, we're about to dive into the state of the market and the ecosystem report, which is is really very tech focused. Um yeah. and I, I actually love the 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 juxtaposition of, <laughs> but wait, public health, global politics, right, are are just as important in what's going to happen in edge edge adoption as, you know, whether or not we have the right chipsets. Um, it's, it's
0: really interesting. Never, we have never discussed that, nor do I hear anyone talk about it. But I think there's way more of that involved than we realize. Because the best technology doesn't always win. Um, And the best example is I believe Amazon just sued on this – what's the CIA cloud deal called? Jedi or – Oh, yeah. Well, they just blocked it. I don't know if you saw. They're opening up new stuff now. And they've asked uh, that President Trump uh, answer questions about his input in this selection and stuff. So I, I think there's way more on politics and stuff. Than
1: technology, <laughs> And I have a suggestion for everybody. Just let's go back to dedicated infrastructure <laughs> that people can manage themselves and stop having these mega companies that are totally in control. But well, I think it's, I think it's the right, the, the rack end startup CEO uh, position of, of uh, but I,
0: I do think it's interesting because I've been seeing more reports lately on cloud talking about, um, you know, are we really putting everything we own into two or three companies? and you know at the entire infrastructure runs in a couple of companies and So what happens a, <laughs> I mean you've yeah, no, gone this, too this, far
1: this was the topic that Mark Teli and I covered uh, in the 20 in the the new year's podcast right exactly yeah. this this question so anyway yeah. so
0: so let's let's if talk technology talk again. More,
1: more politics of the cloud <laughs> Just let us know, volunteer to be a guest, and, and we would love to hear your position on it and, you know, why why Amazon should just be the internet. I'd love to hear that.
0: Well, I, it's, it's quite remarkable. And I would just add one last comment before we move on from it. <laughs> it does look like Google is heading towards walking away from cloud i know it seems odd but i keep seeing these things they're like if we don't make so much money by next year i mean could google really shut down the cloud
1: uh you were there 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 are some some dotted lines in this in this effect they fired they they fired reord um laid off whichever euphemism you want um a whole bunch of of people in that division and it's it's yeah it's causing some consternation on it um and, and it, then I'll it, add one the funny more thing note. Is that, is that we yeah. pretend like it's just Google. All these companies are companies. They do this. Um, and, you know, I, I yeah. wouldn't, but I wouldn't expect them to retreat. I'd expect them to retrench and figure out where it's going. Oracle's still banging away at it. And in for the sectors yeah, they're that are trying, bad, they're, they're making progress.
0: The, the other thing I would note, the interesting is, I noticed today Apple announced a CDN service. I thought Apple Cloud runs in Amazon. They didn't go build a bunch of data uh, centers. Apple,
1: Apple did, they a lot of Apple has a lot of infrastructure in a lot of places. Um and they're very secretive about it. So the 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 shadows, the reading, reading the shadows on the walls of the places where I go, um, it's there's they are certainly not monolithic in what they've done. I I I but I don't have I don't have direct information. I, I see little Little trails. Everywhere. Okay. Well, anyway, I
0: uh, that was something I saw in one of my Slack groups today. I haven't gone to look. So, Apple going in the CDN business is odd. I mean, I thought the CDN business is dying, but I guess I guess yeah, not. Anyway, they're, okay.
1: They're, they're laying foundations for streaming and other services. And if you're going to provide that service, you're going to go CDN. Yeah. Um, well,
0: it's Edge. So, I have delayed us, Rob, from our two minute discussion on other things. <laughs>
1: I was 11,
0: together. Half minutes, but anyway. So we always do look at the State of the Edge report. I think it's it's useful. The 2020 edition just came out, um, so we've grabbed it. If you've not gone out to get it, uh, just search State of the Edge. You go get it. You give them your email, and uh, you get the email. You get the report, and it's always worth it to get it. And I've never seen them do anything with the email that I would consider inappropriate. So I, you know, I endorse you going to get it. I, you, you know, it's always a to-
1: great. To tell. Do not use this podcast as a substitute for reading the actual words and forming your own yes. opinions. This, we this, and, this and, this and we also summary poke... and highlights and occasional snark.
0: Yeah, is different. So the executive summary is good. Uh, this seems to be the theme here. They have this big, the third act of the internet hmm. is uh, their big thing, but I don't know. As I'm watching all this edge stuff, come and 5g stuff. I don't see edge being really as this new part of the internet. It's just extending it out, but I don't see people saying it as this whole new thing. I'm not sure I buy that uh marketing terminology about it.
1: Yeah, we we struggle with this at RackN and and our position is infrastructure is infrastructure whether it's at the edge or in the in the cloud or in the data center or in your house. Um So I I, I tend to line up with what you're with what you're saying. Sometimes calling it edge is actually making it harder for us to have a good discussion. But the report does break down specific categories of new new growth Mm -hmm. um, that are that aren't cloud. Um, So it's useful. That's a reason. I think it's reasonable. I I do lose patience with the define the edge conversation. Um, Yeah, we stopped doing that two years ago. there's a lot of this report that's about what is edge. Um, and if you're, if you're like, what is edge, this report does a good job, laying it out. I, I don't want to take away from that. Um, it just isn't worth a lot of time anymore to discuss it. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't and, and there's, think a, there's a nice glossary down at the bottom in this report, about a 25% of the report is the open glossary that, that LF edge has been helping maintain, um, I think that there was some hope that the open glossary would like serve to define terms and things like that. And I, I don't, I don't think people are using using a glossary to say, no, no, no. You know, this means actually that according to the, you know, glossary of edge. No, I don't, uh, I don't see that. <laughs> I also don't see, Yeah. well,
0: I agree with you. I don't see that, but I also don't really see, Open source, maybe it's. And again, I'm not opening can of worms, but we're just peeking into the can of worms. I don't think people are looking at open source as building a different solution for edge than proprietary edge. I don't think that kind of discussion happens anymore. Maybe oh, we're past that it, kind of. Logic. I
1: was in. I was in a conversation uh, just the other day about this, but I, I do think that people are and and. I, Oh, boy, I'm going to pull back from this one. We need to have a conversation about open open and proprietary and probably find a guest to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But the open source uh, projects have not delivered clear, usable infrastructure automation. Um, we're getting somewhere and there's some interesting things. I think there's a couple of projects in Elf Edge that are starting to see some, some shared common Components in the open, um, but I think that there's a big, there's there's a lot of rush. Let's 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 parking lot that. Keep, yeah, we'll keep going. See, look, it. I'm doing, um, I'm doing
0: bad. I'm being bad. Yeah, so for only, I'm bad. only
1: on page five. We're still in the letters from the editors. We want to keep going. <laughs>
0: Well, I, was, um, <laughs> I was I was, moving down. Also, on page 7, where they kind of list the highlights of the big findings, and you had mentioned earlier before we recorded, there is a lot of discussion in here by power and megawatts and gigawatts is, yeah. and watts. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know a megawatt from a gigawatt. I failed out of electrical engineering, so I don't even know what a watt is. But there's a lot of that in here. And, I, again, I don't know you know if i'm a software person how much yeah, that matters or if i'm a data center person i guess it matters i don't <laughs> i don't know in the end is it going to be it's just what latency do i need and then what servers do i go to to get those and and then there's different locations of different servers with different they'll just be oh you need this kind of latency yeah. we can offer you servers here you need that, and it's <laughs> almost like it's just going to be a maybe a checkbox Based on latency, and I'm not sure all this power stuff matters, but they I, could be writing this guide for you know the electrical people.
1: No, it's well, I think it's it's sort of old school thinking from a traditional data center market, and some of the people behind this are much more traditional data center market people, or even like the uh, vapor vapor team, which is is selling you know data center remote, you know edge data centers uh, have a tendency to define the capacity in megawatt terms because that really is the, the bottleneck of how much stuff you can put in that data center it's how much power you have available to it um and it so reminds it's me sort of a deep. logical thing if if you assume that we have to build a data center to put stuff in for the edge um my edge thinking typically goes to we're going to put this in places with low you know you know low power devices and it's going to get plugged into household power or you know street power or whatever um but then again, and, it's, an, it's, a, it's, it's a different – it's an interesting way to think about it just, just based on sheer volume of resources. But it
0: reminds can... me of the event we went to in Austin. What was that two years ago? The EDGE Congress.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was that the one, EDGE Congress, the one in Austin that was uh, – it was pretty much hosted by the Schneider Electronics folks. And it was so <laughs> hard. It <laughs> was it so hardware-centric. Yeah. And it just – it's such a different viewpoint. It's definitely two worlds meeting. And so um, I don't know, I kind of skip over all the megawatt stuff, but um, anyway, it's interesting. And then what you're
1: you're hitting is is to me, the crux of what Edge, one of the reasons why Edge isn't happening the way people want is that we've got data center people building space and facilities. We've got software people building software stuff and this operational middle ground is missing. Um, And this is where Amazon stepped into do cloud, right, and, in, and sort of one, mm-hmm. um, it's it really is an operational, very much in the land of Rob's opinion, but this is what what we what I see, is it's like it's an operational problem. Edge and cloud are really operational statements. They're not software statements or infrastructure statements.
0: And um, as usual, that's... our world, we don't do well with operations. I mean, poking fun at OpenStack. People do, yeah. But, but operations is where the whole thing collapses in on itself, and we're seeing it again.
1: All right, so let's take that filter and keep and keep running. So, well, I'm
0: on like page ten.
1: You know, it looks okay. at landscape graphics. And- we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, yeah, leap leap pad with all the pretty graphics. And the graphics are great in this report. The 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 production very quality, good graphics again. A plus to the production group. It's <laughs> very readable. Nice layouts.
0: And again, I mean, I you know, if you look at the graphic on page nine, on I mean, page ten, the new landscape, new apps, new latencies. I just you know, again, autonomous vehicles. I think they should stop because I'm done. <laughs> I I I don't want to ever drive again, and and I'm tired of waiting for autonomous vehicles. Uh, I do think it's funny they showed next five G plus NFE. To put five G and NFE together is a bit uh, sacrilegious in my viewpoint,
1: but this um, graphics backwards. I, it took I mean, me a while to internet, realize because the they internet put we put need to build. Small thing on the right. Uh, yeah, so it, I have to flip it in my mind. I would expect the the near zero thing to be on the left because I'm an engineering geek. But, yeah, um, I see why they did it because of the top. The in, you know, they want it, this is the the stuff to the right is the stuff that's coming. Wait,
0: well, if you learn if you read left to right, it makes sense to me.
1: Well, I, uh, I actually, when I think about it, I. I, I My criticism is not earned. In this case, it's a time series thing. And what they're really saying is that on the left, you have voice recognition, things that don't need fast response. Uh Um, And then on the far right are things that are driving towards these very fast um, millisecond, you know, sub-millisecond, microsecond Mm -hmm. response times. Um, And that's where the edge needs to go. And that's where we're having trouble really building out the ubiquitous infrastructure. So...
0: Yeah. Okay. But it's a good chart. I, I, I think it it does a, a nice job. You know, it talks about the basics of what's going on here and I think we we get it. I mean, you know, and this is where they get to on page twelve, this idea of the third act the three acts of the internet. I, I, I don't know. That's gotta be coming from a consultant. I, I, I think
1: that's a pretty I think that's coming out of I think it's a reasonable a reasonable statement from that perspective. Um it's weird though, because right when we talk about centralized internet, I think of that as what cloud is built, right? Then CDNs are mm-hmm. the next. And then what we're talking about is a decentralized internet we need to build, I guess, is a decentralized internet. Which is one one of your you know, definitions of edge is a decentralized. Yeah, um, so
0: feature. That's good stuff. You know, how does it get deployed? You know, they talk about data centers. Yeah, I get it. And then there's this servers at it's the, the edge.
1: The facilities view though, yeah.
0: But, you know, but again, you know, they're talking about provisioning Chicago East or Chicago North. Uh, but Chicago East and Chicago North, I'm sorry, is not the edge. That's just a city data center. And yeah, metro uh, hub, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, to me, edge is, is not that. Edge is the street or the traffic light or something like that. And so, um, again, it's a definition thing. But that's your data centric, your data center's. Kind of centric view of it, yeah. Of the it whole thing. And they use
1: one of my favorite edge words, which is trombone, down here on page fourteen. Um, Where is the word trombone? Right at the bottom. They quoted it. Local breakout, right? The idea. Is, yes. It, and this is one of the things that makes edge app, You can't do an edge application. You can't go back to a central hub. Come back to the system. Go back. So that that it's a. I love the the image of right your data tromboning to centralized edge and back and forth. It's it's good. It gives you the wah wah wah. So. all right that's um, pretty good <laughs>
0: uh and then they define the edge the next section talking about language and again i i think you know the glossary is good do people really use that i i i don't know um, i you know
1: it's i i don't this the funny thing about discussions like this is that you know the market sort of picks up on words that make sense to them like data gravity um you know that was something intuitive and makes sense is the the things that are going to win with this. Um, uh, Somebody should name a a company like edge and gravity together. That would be smart. Oh, you did that. There you go. Sorry. So, yeah. And then, you know, that it talks about in the middle for edge gravity. There you go.
0: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so then you talk about device edge, infrastructure edge. I'd like to throw in for people who haven't gotten the Dummies Guide to Edge Cloud, which I helped put together, um, which is available. Again, we ask for your email. Don't worry about it because I don't think we'll ever use that email. But if you get the Dummies Guide for Edge Cloud, it talks about there's a public cloud, there's the IoT sensors, and then in between is what we called the Edge Cloud. Here they have device edge, infrastructure edge. Right? I prefer to cloudy it up, but, but there's this layer between the IOT gathering the data and it has to process that data, send some stuff back to the public cloud, some stuff back to the uh, actual device to take action or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's just different terms for that. But, um, one of the things that's interesting I have noticed and I'm working to bring this company on Rob. They're looking at putting AI inside that uh, edge cloud, I'll just use the word, so that as applications are generating all this data, the data comes to that layer between the public cloud and the data source, and it uses AI to determine what data to process, what data to throw away, and what data to send back. And I think that's gonna be a huge area that's gonna open up. I've only found one company doing it. I'm still working to get them on our podcast uh, to talk about it, because they're the only ones I found, but I think that's gonna be a huge area because you can't send all the data back.
1: You having machine learning and AI in edge infrastructure is going to be a, a very big deal. And I and they're using the term here on page what eighteen the yeah. infrastructure edge and I that term infrastructure edge or edge infrastructure seems to be the the um, emerging name for this um, edge cloud, uh, which I'm not as yeah. much in favor of, Stephen. Sorry, but um, hey. It, it's okay. It's, but the the idea here is that right. We actually do need real cloud style infrastructure, um, on premises. I think the AI component is going to be a, diff, a, a big difference. It has to. Ah,
0: but they, then, list, yep. yeah, they list Yeah, they lose here. Infrastructure edge is the access edge, the regional edge. Uh, stop dividing these damn things. Just <laughs> too much. I, I can barely I do, remember You think names. it's
1: going to be infrastructure, infrastructure, and infrastructure? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then the, the thing that I'm looking for, and I didn't see it in this report, um, I'm watching the market is when we start looking at gateways as multi-device today, a lot of gateways are really structured. And if, if, you're doing something like this, we want to hear from you on the show. Um, most gateways seem like they're really just single computers, um, single infrastructures. There aren't a lot of distributed gateways, like a Kubernetes, you know, gateway that runs on Kubernetes and requires you to have a Kubernetes infrastructure. Um, we're we're still that that to me is going to as, as that happens in a standard way it'll it'll sort of really help um, even like the LF edge projects have a tendency to be like oh I'm running a single machine with Docker containers plugged in to be a IoT backbone uh, which is great but it's not scaling an edge infrastructure it's still a, an IoT gateway mm-hmm. all right enough ah, terms so we have to get
0: distracted. Sizing the market. This is all for business people who need a number. And but this uh, is where they
1: actually come back with the power yeah. with the power the power pieces, right? So they talk about all their different categories, which are pretty typical from edge things, smart grid, smart city. Healthcare. Yeah, they look at
0: eleven markets and industries that are doing.
1: The interesting thing to me about this, that at a higher level is we're not looking at this as, oh, I have a shared data center infrastructure that all of these things use. We're still looking at them them vertically. So like smart Mm -hmm. cities would have traffic control edge infrastructure dedicated to the streets, um, which don't get reused by the hospital on the corner or the store on the corner. And so we haven't, yet or maybe we won't see edge as like this generalized compute that is shared by all the use cases in that geogra- in that geography um and which I might be right is ultimately
0: what you would want you need some sort of foundation i guess to get to to create the data and make the data available to everyone that would be a government function i would think
1: it's you know i i would have expected us to have like a shared infrastructure in a, in a region that that all these use cases could share, and it just hasn't been turning out that way. Um, But that might be just where we are in this model, that we typically get very verticalized edge infrastructures that are dedicated to a use, rather than general purpose edge infrastructure that has multiple use cases. And and nothing in this report counter, counter, like like this report breaks it down into those silos and then discusses it on a megawatt growth perspective. it's not like what we've seen over the last ten years, where cloud has become this sort of very agnostic infrastructure, very uh, function agnostic infrastructure.
0: Yeah, we need sure we need that. to bring in some big thinker who thinks about these things uh, horizontally. Okay, so let's move on from that discussion, and we'll bring someone on to help us uh, talk about that. Um, it talks about global edge. This is what twenty three, twenty four, and it looks at it through power, which. Is interesting, but I think opportunities are everywhere. I can tell you um, from our standpoint, I've talked to uh, like the telecom companies in Malaysia, uh, I forget the name of the company, and they're putting in edge solutions in Malaysia. So this is global, um, it's going to be everywhere. And it's interesting that the chart here shows that Asia Pacific leads the world
1: in uh, infrastructure investments uh, by a lot. And page yeah, no that's that's a really and that's not surprising right with our conversation about huawei right they're mm-hmm. one of the reasons they're why they're doing so well with the technology is that they're implementing it like crazy um and and you know subsidized um displacement of current current tech or they're putting it where it's all greenfield um one thing to note to me right especially we talked about edge lab a couple of weeks ago um you know it, making it possible to run very low power infrastructures changes the this dynamic though, right? What we're saying is, oh, there's not a lot of capacity built out, but maybe the right answer is, you know, we don't need pristine high-powered data centers if we're going to end up with um, edge sites that can be solar-powered um, and 5G wireless. You know, uh, maybe we should rethink what, what's required for infrastructure.
0: Um, from that well, we're going to we're going to, we're going to find out right. Cause with Asia leading the way in those kind of numbers, they will adapt and find the solution that meets their needs. And they aren't going to wait for, you know, here in North America, we've talked about this before. They aren't going to wait for these huge facilities to get built and everything set up where you just have all this compute power available. They're going to hack it and make it come to live on its own. And this gives you a chance. It's kind of a do it yourself internet. I guess going to get built in a lot of places that we don't see in North America.
1: That's right. And and in some cases, it's going to be cheap in the, on the front end and then expensive on the maintenance side. And, you know, it's like building a a, a bridge badly. Um, and so I, I don't this is my dilemma, right? I don't want people in established market like the U.S. to say, all right, let's go get the bailing wire and duct tape and and build up our edge infrastructure as fast as we can to compete, because at the end of the day, you need you want to build if you can afford it, really robust, durable infrastructure. Um, Because in 10 years, it's going to collapse if you didn't.
0: Obviously, it's going to collapse. But certain parts of the world don't have that money. So, but this section going back.
1: They're going to move move quickly and they might solve the problems in in other ways, right? It's um,
0: Hopefully, it'd be interesting to see a different part of the world lead and we follow. So, page um, 24 on, this is power stuff. or don't yeah. even, I don't even, I mean, I, you know, well, there's, I, I there's, a, there's
1: a whole bunch of up into the right graphs. Um, sorry, I'm excited by up, up into the right graphs. Um, edge footprint segments. Um, there's a, you know, the, I, and I have to say there's, there's a lot of nice data that was collected. They actually discuss how they analyzed and collected the data. Um, I, I don't, unfortunately I look at the data and I'm like, it's, there's nothing that's jumping out as a, that's something, right? Telling me that mobile consumer is, which is cell phone powered apps yeah. is, is, the to, is the top is sort of like, okay. Um, sometimes it's good to have data that conforms what you expect, but then they don't, they don't have any other breakout segments, which is in itself important data to understand that we're, we're not seeing edge as just servicing one breakout use case. It's, it's infrastructure, <laughs> computing infrastructure, yeah. Everybody needs it. Uh, all right. Uh, no yeah. surprise there. So if you keep
0: going, I mean, it's just services and it we really can, is all megawatts and stuff. I do,
1: I do uh, like the fact that they broke out these pie charts um, that show, and, and this is where the power is really useful because they had data that showed expected power consumption. And so they broke out all of these different categories with using power as the footprint as a growth mechanism. Yeah. And the nice mm-hmm. thing about power is that you, ha- since it takes time to build power in advance, then you 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 do have some predictability about it because you know you don't get power infrastructure um, showing up quickly. You can't just UPS deliver power. And you know, it is yeah. interesting
0: on on page thirty six on the bottom, the fastest growth in power for electric utilities for edge is Europe and Asia again, substantially ahead. Uh, which is quite quite interesting, uh, and again, more of this I'm, stuff.
1: I'm going to go back to my. I'm, I'm still thinking on myself. My uh, power on a UPS truck. Actually, if you had cell phone, uh, solar powered um, edge infrastructure, you could actually deliver <laughs> autonomous systems. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry. So, what I don't see in this report that, as
0: a software person, uh, is how you're going to build this. Um, to me, kind of the big issue is. How do we build? Because by the way, the next section gets into use cases with, you know, people who have companies talking about edge things. It's very cute what they did, and and you get to promote your little company and get a picture. It's kind of neat. But what I what I don't see here is this discussion. And
1: I, of, and I, I to – before you before you give them what you didn't see. I do want to note we've had a ton of these people as guests, so you yeah, can go had, shopping yes. for podcasts. <laughs> shiny podcast. On yeah,
0: they're they're on here. We we have worked hard. We've worked hard to get the people, the early people for edge on these networks and talk to them and stuff like that. So we we still do look for them. But what's not here is how we're gonna build this. The software I mean, I, I hate to think there's this everyone's answer today is we'll just use Kubernetes, which I don't think is an answer. And what isn't in this edge report, and maybe it wasn't something they were looking to do is kind of the software side of how do we build this? How does this all get together? And that still seems to be a huge open issue. I don't know if anyone in the industry is really working on that. I don't see the open source people. And I hate to say it's like a platform, but
1: maybe... No, there, there, could... Kubernetes is not necessarily the platform to solve this, um, right? From Racken's perspective, right? We, we work at the bare metal layer, which... To us is the first line that you have to talk through, but that that's people aren't that excited about this. Um, they just expect to. they're used to just getting it from an operator. Um, and so we're going to have to figure it out. But I agree with you. The state of the edge has a lot of great meaty details about, you know, compute and power and things like that. Uh, it's not a state of the edge software report. Um Where, which, which actually in the LF edge uh, interactive landscape, which is linked near the bottom of this, um, Mm -hmm. they do talk about some projects for it, um, but it still doesn't feel like a connected, a connected set of of anything
0: yet. Yeah. So that's a, that's an area I'm still looking for. Well, Rob, I'm going to stop us because we're at about 37 minutes, which is a little over our standard. But,
1: See, when you're um, talking, it's easy to go long, huh? Huh? Yeah, I, I it's, it is my
0: <laughs> fault because I wasted the first seven, eight minutes, which went long discussing uh, mobile World congress and some of those other interesting things. But oh, uh, you know, our, yep. uh, to our, to our, to our listeners, if you want to join us, as always, please join us. Uh, I apologize for a bit of a delay at the start of the year. Um, there's trying to get people on, new people. Sometimes it takes longer. And we happen to have a whole group of new people that just took longer than we expected. Mm-hmm. So um, it delayed us. But, you know, today as a recording, we just put out a Guard Square podcast. And again, Rob, you amaze me. We can go into any topic I've never even thought about. And there you are. You are detailed enough to understand it. Uh, mobile app security stuff. But, um, you know, we are always looking for uh, podcast people and guests. Join us. And uh, we're back on track for once a week. Uh, Rob, any other final thoughts before we uh, close down the podcast for the
1: week? SRECon, I will be at SRECon um, March 23rd, and uh, people should come to that show if you can. It's a great show. Um,
0: are so, you going to have the um, Edge Lab there so people can see it? I will, it have, I will have an Edge
1: Lab there. You can you can pet an Edge Lab, um, and then we. <laughs> I'm talking about how Pixie Boot works. Which if if you think that's a snoozer, you are wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking to you, Steve. I'm talking to the audience. Yeah. Um I know you're delighted about Pixie Boot. Um, well, but can you pixie boot? pixie boot? Um, but it's, gonna... you can
0: Pixie Boot on the uh, on the Raspberry Pis, right? That was always the case. You, you could.
1: Can. Yeah, no. Uh, our CTO Greg Altous uh, worked his magic um, and actually got that working. Um, it, it could do it, but it couldn't do it in in sort of this easy zero touch. Don't worry about. IP address, you know, and MAC addresses and stuff way, um, and he he figured it out. So, yeah, it's, we'll talk. We're and my talk there is going to break down that, and we're going to have a preview because I'm going to interview uh, Greg Althouse, uh and I hope our our chief architect uh, Victor Lowther who know more about this these protocols than anybody else um, that I know, and so we will uh, actually go into some detail for that. So, if you're interested in the technical nuance of how Operating systems get on uh, computers. That'll be a show to show to listen to, or not. Okay. If, it's <laughs> not <your interest. laughs> if it's not interesting, that's okay. I that one.
0: <laughs> well, I have been thinking. You know, if for our listeners, you know, if, if you'd like, I, I've also been pondering that we should spread out and maybe do like an NFL draft uh, podcast for those people interested uh, in that. And uh, just kidding. So uh, do call <laughs> us.
1: And, I'm like, you. Uh, it's something I don't know anything about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Rob, good to talk to you. And, uh, and uh, we look forward to uh, having some more guests uh, soon on future podcasts.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Stephen. It's been fun.